So how are you doing? It's been a lazy day. I, yeah, what time did you get up? I basically got out of bed at like 10, 30, 11. And then I, bas- I just um, played video games until, until this call. Ooh, what video games did you play? Have you ever heard of Grand Theft Auto? I have indeed. <laughs> have you ever played it? No. It is ridiculous. Are they like prostitutes? So welcome to episode number five, right? Is it episode number five? We're hitting five. Yeah, yeah. So we wanted to let you know that our audio quality is going to be a bit different from like, COVID. Yeah, like most podcasts out right now, we're um, recording from our homes. So Angela doesn't have the setup in her bedroom. I don't. Sorry. Um, so it's going to sound a little different. I'm going to try my best to tweak it and, um, and make it sound pretty. But this is, you know, this is the life we're living in. Yeah, no. How have you been feeling? How have you been doing? So what is it, like 30-something days since? Yeah. Almost five weeks working from home, I think, for me. Yeah, since, so we, we're in Boston, and um, the governor gave us, like, a, a gentle suggestion to stay inside at yeah. first and now and then a bunch yeah. of businesses close and only essential workers are working um angela and i are pretty lucky because we get to work from home so that's mm-hmm. that's a win on our yes. end but man it's weird it is a weird thing to be doing yeah it's difficult and so many people are are struggling and suffering like for and so it's strange because i'm enjoying like the being home aspect because mm-hmm. i'm just like you and i were both saying that that we kind of like the fact that we get to work from home because we're we're extroverts but also introverted maybe a little bit. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a weird balance. But you knowing that other you want to know that other people are safe, and so that's been been scary. But it's a public health crisis. So it is, and I just I, I get I'm starting to get really aggravated a lot, mm-hmm. um, just at other people, you know. And this might be from my own like insecurities or whatever of like, so I'll, I'll go on runs still mm-hmm. um, with no mask because I can't breathe if I'm running. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I will, I will jump through hoops to get away from other human beings. Like I will mm-hmm. run into the road when there's no cars yeah. or, or anything, just really trying to uh, keep my distance, but others don't seem to be doing that as much as I am. And I just want to scream. I just want to say, like, get out of my, get out of my way. <laughs> like, this is, this is serious, you know? Yeah, it gets frustrating. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, like, two sides to the whole, like, anything that happens. There's people mm. who believe that, you know, we shouldn't be wearing masks, that now we're ready to go back into the world. Yeah. And they're saying that this is doing worse for the economy and worse for people, especially those who are struggling already before this was even happening. And then there's others who are saying, you know, that's selfish. You should be staying home. You should be wearing a mask. So it's kind of like, it's getting very tense now too. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's like little things can get, like I was just talking to some friends and they were having, they were saying how they live with multiple people and that the people that they live with are having other people come over and like, they're just not fully understanding so i think it's yeah it's getting really 
really intense and people just need to take care of themselves. And that's that. Um, the thing is, is like taking care of yourself means something it's different to each person, yep. but because this is like a communal issue, you know what I mean? Like it's as a collective, everyone's going to be suffering. So I think that's why people get upset, you know? Yep. I think what we all should be doing is respecting each other's rules. Like we all have each other. Yeah, your own rules. Yeah, individual set of rules. Um, Like when this first started, I was like, oh, I'm totally fine seeing my girlfriend. That's fine. We we don't live together, but Mm -hmm. you're a person that I can still see. Um, Mm -hmm. But her rules were different. Yeah. So it's not like I could get offended or upset because I I wanted to see her and she wanted to only you yeah. know see people who are in her who live in her house and that's fine and and since then I I agree with her but those were her rules and they differed from mine so I have to mm-hmm. respect hers you know yeah no that's a good point mm-hmm. and I think how have you been feeling with sorry this is kind of changing the topic but with like all of the virtual like aspects of it do you feel like overwhelmed by it? Are you like, oh, I'm learning a lot more or is it both? It could be both too, I guess. Uh, I mean, I've been doing a, you joined last night. I've been doing a virtual game night with Yes, with I friends. did. And that's really I fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, so if anyone wants to um, look this up, it's called Jackbox Party Pack. They've got six out right now. Mm-mm. And um, they are, they're really fun. They're on sale on the website that they have. Um, and you basically just get a Zoom group with everybody and you all can play on your phones. And that's kind of like keeping me sane a little bit, knowing that mm-hmm. I have those Friday night game sessions with, with everybody. Um, just adapting and, <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's, it's like the, it makes me feel like it's the weekend. Like I get texts the day of saying, hey, I, this is making me feel like a nerd, but I'm really excited for game night tonight. And that's how we all feel. Like there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. We all like want to feel like it's the weekend and that's the only way to differentiate any time because it, we're inside so much, you know? Yeah. And like looking forward to something that's different. Like you're changing the environment, you're seeing people, you're laughing. Um, and I was going to say something else about that. So we were talking about virtual. Yeah. Do you have something to add to that about how you're feeling about I was going to say something else. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think overall it's been nice, but it has been a bit overwhelming because sometimes I'm like, there's so many like programs online and like so many different things that I'm like, oh God, now I have to do all of those. But in reality, I'm like, I still don't want all that screen time. Like I still want to be outside. You know what I mean? Mm Because sometimes you end up now we're almost on the computer even more. Yep. So um, Another thing you might you might disagree, you might agree or disagree, but I heard a really nice statement about how you don't have to use this time to to get creative or or like learn something new. It feels like there's a lot of pressure online saying if you don't you know learn something right now or take advantage of this time, then you're you're wasting it. But mm-hmm. um, you know. Do whatever. Do, this is a pandemic. Yeah. Do whatever you you need to to take care of yourself. You know. Yeah, because like what you might need is just to relax. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think I feel funny too because like the podcast started right when, when all those memes were going out about the pandemic and podcasts. 
and like, and I've been trying to push a lot of different things. So it looks like I'm starting this like during the quarantine when in reality, I've been trying to do this stuff since 2014, but. Yep. Hey, <laughs> we had the, <laughs> we had this meeting, what, in January to, to start this podcast. So yeah. we, we were ahead of it. So now we're just, we're, uh, ahead, of it. we're ahead of it. We're, we're in the sea of everyone else joining right now. So yeah. We were like and, um, like three months ahead of all the other posers. <laughs> You're so crazy. Yeah, and so just taking care of yourself. Yeah, whatever that means for you. I will say, though, I also think like it's made me realize that this is a good time for just know whatever your stance is on like medicine or wellness, it's kind of for every a time for everyone to join together. Like if you're a health coach, if you're an MD, um, just understanding that there's so many different like components and for helping people get better and for pre- prevention because people are like, what can I do to not get this virus? And it's like, we, not to be like rude, but you can always be preventing disease even before a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And like to think about preventative medicine just on your, it's your ongoing, like your day-to-day life versus like during a pandemic. Yeah. So I think that's changed. Not to turn this into a COVID episode, but do you think, what do you think will change after this? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, do you mean like just in general, what will change? I think, well, okay, so I will answer my own question. I yeah. want you to piggyback on it. I, cause okay. I personally think that handshakes are going to be done. Like we're not going to do handshakes anymore. Yeah. Interesting. Say goodbye. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, my dad said he's not going to go back to the movie theaters and I'm like, I don't know. I just think that's extreme. Mm. I, I think that's extreme. I, I don't think you, you should have to live in fear like that. Again, it's like, people have been dying from, you know, diabetes and a lot of other chronic illnesses for a long time, not, not to take away from the COVID or, or anything, how that's affecting people. But it's, again, it's like, if you're out like drinking and not getting sleep and like not taking care of your body, that does more harm than not shaking somebody's hand. Yeah. So I think that you have to really be, and I'm not saying don't wash your hands, don't take precautions, but understand like what you like, be responsible for your own health still. Mm-hmm. And like, so yeah, maybe that, I think that will change those certain like social norms, like you said. Because there are certain things in my life that I've always felt a little weird about. Like, yeah, I don't want to touch a stranger's hand. Like, I don't know yeah. where, what you did with it. And I know it's a sign of like, hey, I trust you or wherever it comes from. Maybe someone can correct us because I, yeah. I don't know, maybe to the feel a, a knife in your, in your sleeve or something. I don't know, some weird shit like that. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the mafia, but okay. Um, but, but then again, uh, you bring up the movies. Uh, my girlfriend has always felt weird about going to the movies because it's like a like bunch of strangers sit on this and she thinks about bed yeah. bugs. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's always like these yeah. weird feelings of anxiety that we all kind of like have in our brain. And now this is like pushing it to say, like, out there is the bad place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I get what you're saying too, because like not, and I didn't mean to say that to be um, like insensitive to people who truly already had like anxiety about public spaces, because mm-hmm. that's like legitimate. So I totally get that. Um, so yeah, it could definitely exacerbate like a lot of, of that feeling, even with like salsa, social dancing, you're touching sweaty people's hands all night long. So like, that's a whole thing that I hadn't done much social dancing before, but I was looking forward to like getting back into that. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's probably... Like you're sweating on other people. And that's going to take a while for people to feel comfortable to do that again. It will take like an adjustment. Definitely. So I, I feel you. I know. Yeah. 
I think we needed this. <laughs> yeah, we had to get that out. So thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Send in your questions you have and tell us how you're feeling. Tell us about the, uh, the episode we got coming Yeah. Up. So today we're going to talk about perioral dermatitis. <laughs> Such a fun topic. <laughs> so for short, it goes by PD. I mentioned this a little bit in my first episode. So if you haven't heard that, you can listen to that about my health journey. And it's a chronic skin condition that um, kind of appeared first in the 50s or was first documented in the 50s and mainly affects women. But if you're anybody who deals with a chronic skin condition, this could be like acne, psoriasis, eczema. This could be like a, a good episode for you to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I talk a little bit about my diagnosis, healing, and some tips that might be helpful for you, for those cool. who are dealing with it. Yeah. And I should mention that you recorded this um, alone, so I won't be interjecting. This is, a, this is an Angela episode. so It's a monologue, so please be kind <laughs> to me in my bedroom. Cool. Thanks for joining me today. In today's episode, we are going to dive into perioral dermatitis. We're going to talk about what PD is. I'm going to get into my diagnosis and how I started to heal. And finally, I'm going to give you some tips on, you know, how you can heal and just see some progress with your diagnosis. I also want to say that this episode can be helpful even if you have acne, psoriasis, eczema, uh, any other type of chronic skin condition. A lot of what I'm going to be talking about is what we're putting inside of our bodies and on our bodies, you know, lotions, creams, those type of things, and how that affects our skin health, right? So this can be helpful for anybody, even if you're not diagnosed with a chronic skin condition, go ahead and give it a listen and maybe pass it on to somebody who you know is suffering right now. So what is PD? perioral dermatitis. This is a rash that typically appears around the mouth and nose. Perioral means around the mouth, right? It also can travel up to the eyes and, you know, other areas of the face. But if there's dermatitis on another part of your body, it's typically not classified as perioral, right? Because we're talking about around the mouth. This uh, rash is definitely angry. It's itchy. And I've described it as like athlete's foot on your face. Some people describe it as a mix of rosacea and eczema, and it gets very dry and then flakes, and it's mentally just irritating, it's distressing, because you kind of just have to wait for that flake to pass. You really can't do anything about it. You can't be popping it, you can't be touching it, so it's a mess. And this mainly affects women, or more women have been affected, uh, which I believe is due to you know the more drastic hormonal changes that that women go through, especially with our environment and the toxins that we're experiencing in today's society. But also, men have been diagnosed and do deal with this as well. I also think women are more affected due to the higher use of cosmetics, uh, you know, makeup, uh, lotions, creams, all the type of things we put on our body, but specifically our face. Uh, that definitely can be a trigger or maybe a root cause for for some women. So now getting into a little bit of my diagnosis. I mentioned this a little bit on the first episode in my health journey, right? 
I was first diagnosed when I was a Peace Corps volunteer in Moldova. I was under a lot of stress and, you know, my diet wasn't wasn't great and I was missing a lot of key nutrients. Another thing I want to point out is that my skin was never perfect. I, I never really necessarily had a chronic, excuse me, a chronic skin condition, but uh, I would notice like here and there over the years that I would have really dry patches or like really random bouts of like cystic acne, right? But nothing that was consistent enough for me to be concerned. And I, my point in saying this is that you're not alone if, if maybe your first time having a chronic skin issue appears after your 30s, right? That's a major chain, change in your body, uh, your hormones. There might have been a specific life change that led to this high amount of stress. A lot of women are being diagnosed at 40, between 30 and 40 with PD, and that's there's a reason for that. So I just want to let you know to not feel bad. You're not alone. So to go back to when I was diagnosed, I was eating a diet high in gluten, bread, sugar, uh, there was alcohol, and little to no fiber, most importantly. And so I was fortunate that I was able to see a dermatologist who could properly diagnose me. I hear a lot of stories from women who the dermatologist misdiagnoses them, and that leads them down this awful path, right? So my dermatologist gave me 20 days of doxycycline, which is an antibiotic, right? And although it's not, the root cause is not necessarily known for me specifically, I do believe part of it had to do with a bacterial infection because, of course, the antibiotic did treat it and did help it go away during those two weeks that I took it, or the 20 days. I was also given a pill that uh, I had to take that was used to treat like a yeast infection. I Again, I was in Eastern Europe and in the United States, uh, based upon what my doctor said, currently they, you typically don't see people use pills for to treat yeast infections. Um, but because, again, this was something going on in the gut, uh, I was given that as well to take on the first and last day of the antibiotic. Again, it wasn't a topical cream. It was uh, a pill. And something else that is important to note is that when I first told my the primary care doctor at that time about, you know, what I was going through, she said, put hydrocortisone cream. And I refused because two weeks prior, I had done that without even consulting with the doctor. I had put the hydrocortisone cream. And once I stopped, it flared up, right? So I had done a little bit more research and realized that hydrocortisone was in fact going to make it worse because when it when you stop putting it on, you have sort of a withdrawal symptom and it creates a worse situation for you. So I was happy that I had known that and I told her, I'm not going to do that. I would like to see a dermatologist. And that's what I did. Another thing is that uh, she prescribed me an, a topical antibiotic and a topical like antifungal cream similar to what you would treat for athlete's foot, right? I started to use it at the beginning when it was very bad and I was just could not stand this huge red itchy rash under my nose. Uh, but then I stopped using it because I really just wanted to focus on other ways that I could try to heal this, right? Again, everybody is very unique and different, but that was my case. So in addition to what, you know, I was prescribed by the doctor, I also really started to focus on making changes in my diet. I eliminated all sources of wheat or gluten. Gluten is a storage protein found in wheat. So most wheat products, uh, well, all wheat, wheat products will have gluten. And uh, for me, I, I knew my body was in overload, right? I needed to eliminate that. I also eliminated all sources of sugar and uh, dairy. So I was mainly eating a, a diet high in vegetables, certain grains, and uh, proteins. 
like um, I sometimes I would cut out eggs here and there, but typically uh, chicken and some red meat. And the reason why I really focused on cutting out the sugar is because I believed that all that I was going through was due to a candida overgrowth. So candida is a type of yeast that is found naturally in the body, um, but when it overgrows, it uh, wreaks havoc in the body and creates a myriad of symptoms that you might experience, right? Uh, and that was something that my doctor was also also believed it was due to, but testing for candida overgrowth is very difficult, and there still needs to be more research done. And so I really didn't have the support from a professional in that aspect, but I did work on the diet myself because, again, I am a health coach and had that knowledge. Uh, so the idea is that the candida feeds off of sugar, and therefore a candida protocol will eliminate the sugar to hopefully try and, and kill it off. It doesn't actually kill it off. It might just keep it in balance, right? So I allowed myself to incorporate apples at first, and then eventually I incorporated fruit back. I did bananas and then stone fruits because that, they were really popular where I was living. And during this time, I did lose about 10 pounds. And I say this because that wasn't my intention. My intention was to heal. But honestly, losing that weight felt so good because I felt like for the first time in a while, I had released a lot of inflammation and just toxins. A huge part of my story is that I also was constipated. I could not go to the bathroom. It was so frustrating. And I know that was connected to my diagnosis. So when I say I released toxins, I also mean that during that time of the weight loss, I was I noticed I was starting to be able to go to the bathroom again. It's a healing process. It's not linear. So give yourself the time and have patience as well. And another thing that I wanted to say is that I, you know, I started to drink more water, increase the amount of greens, broccoli in particular, and the vegetables that I could find um, around me. And something else that you can do if you are going to focus on the elimination diet is journaling, right? I would keep a journal of what I was eating and try to see what was triggering my flares. This is another important note. A root cause and a trigger are two different things, right? My PD might flare up when I have, let's say, too many tomatoes or or too many ingredients that are acidic, right? But the root cause could be due to a various various things, right? So let's just keep that in mind. I think that's the hard part when you're dealing with chronic skin conditions is that those are two different things root causes and triggers, and then maybe the root cause changes over time. You know, our bodies are so interesting and amazing and, you know, they're very smart. So just keep that in mind. Something else that I turned to that is really important was positive psychology. I started to write in a notebook every day to create these mantras for myself that I didn't need to have beautiful skin to be a good person or to have perfect skin to be a good person. I always struggled with my skin and never felt that my skin was like glowing enough or more like the most beautiful. I was, I always felt self-conscious among my friends. And so I knew that this was something that was deep rooted and that it came, this diagnosis came at a right time for me to really focus on the things that I always struggled with. And so I would highly recommend journaling and getting those positive mantras down because I was in a deep funk. I was depressed And this really helped me get out of that. And I just started to notice an overall difference when I made the changes that I just listed, right? And I remember one of my friends saying that, you know, the area from like your, like right around your nose and up, like in my eye area, she was like, it looks like brighter, it looks different. 
And it, it gave me so much confidence when she said that because it felt like everything I had been working on, you know, was making a difference. And I noticed that this was years and years of, you know, addiction to sugar, addiction to certain foods that I had to break. And, you know, it came at the cost, you know, I had to be diagnosed with this first to realize that, but that's sometimes what happens. And so to take it as a, as a teachable moment and that we can, we can learn from that, right? So even though my skin wasn't perfect and I had this diagnosis, I noticed it was glowing more than it ever had. Okay. So I'm going to kind of go into more areas of how you can heal, right? Maybe you just got a perioral dermatitis diagnosis, or you just came back from the dermatologist with another diagnosis and you're overwhelmed and you're scared. I was so overwhelmed after I saw the dermatologist and I, I didn't know exactly where to start. So luckily for me, there were many blogs and vlogs and websites that I could look to to help me. And so I want to, I want this podcast to be that for you today. So first I want to say it less is more with PD. Any cosmetics, any uh, skin products that you're using to wash, to cleanse, maybe take, re, take a look at those and reevaluate what you're using uh, before you go any further with them, right? Also, an easy, the easiest tip you can do is stop touching your face. Stop touching your eyes, stop touching your nose. I am the worst at that. My nose is like always itchy, so I'm like always touching it. And I just have to like that. I have to break that habit, right? So I get it if it's hard. No, trying not to pick your skin. I know that some people that is, you know, a compulsion and that's, that's difficult. So I recognize that, but try to focus on that too. Another thing is to get rid of products that contain SLS. This is an anti-inflammatory ingredient that is found in typically toothpaste, shampoos, or body washes. Think of any type of product that creates like a foam or like a sud, like a sudsy product. Uh, That is something that you're going to want to eliminate, right? In the show notes, I will suggest some products that I have found to be still feel cleansing and great, but they don't have SLS. Jason's toothpaste is one. And I also have a post on Instagram where I show the latest products that I use for my skin. So I used, um, or I currently use the Osmia Black Soap, which was created by an MD who also suffers from PD. I also use the Avene, I believe it's uh, uh, Clefate Cream. I might be pronouncing that wrong, but I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, I use that with the Badger's Rose Oil as a moisturizer. So a big thing to point out as well, like I mentioned earlier, because I was, I had put that hydrocortisone cream and I had previously been using a lot of face scrubs, I think that what I also had done was damage the moisture barrier on my skin. So it was unable to like bounce back from just the random toxins that we get, you know, that hit our face when we're walking down the street, for example. So I really feel like this cream, the Avene cream, really helped with that building back that moisture barrier and I've seen a huge difference as well right so those are sort of the things I would say to focus on as far as what you're putting on your face right and there are a million of millions of products I I joined a Facebook group uh, perioral dermatitis Facebook group and everyone has such great recommendations but remember that you're an individual and try what works best for you for your budget and for your lifestyle right Another thing, like I said earlier, uh, chronic skin conditions are multi-layered, right? So this condition could be due to 
the environmental toxins. It could be due to high uh, stress, to hormones. Maybe you just had a child. It could be a bacterial infection, a parasitic infection, maybe due to yeast overgrowth, exposure to mold, heavy metals. Maybe your diet was high in sugar or high in a specific food that was triggering this. It's an allergic reaction, maybe. I know that's so overwhelming to hear, but what's great about this is it allows you to just focus on trying to combat all of these different areas and you learn so much about yourself, about your body and all the things that you truly need to heal. And that's the title of the podcast, Salsa Soul Food, is incorporating a variety of things to get on a stable healing path, right? It's not just one thing, it's going to be multiple. Something else is exercise. Make sure that you're moving your body, making sure if you can that you're sweating. Try to push yourself. When you sweat, you release toxins. And when I had this diagnosis, it was a time too when I really hadn't released those those toxins from my body, I hadn't sweat in such a long time. So that's so, so important. I know I love when you run or you dance or whatever exercise works for you and you're done and you just have that like beet red face. Your skin just like that to me is like a glowing look and I absolutely I love that. Another thing is again focus on the mental health. You know, reach out to, to you know a counselor if you need to to a therapist, do your journaling, try to do some positive mantras. What is it that you feel is like connected to that skin issue? For me, you know, it was rooted in, you know, my childhood. I never thought that, you know, I was beautiful enough. I was never good enough. So it kind of came from that. I was also in a situation where I felt a lot of regret and guilt. And so I kind of had to pinpoint those mantras to what I was feeling in that moment. Okay. Along with the, the, the mantras is do meditation, do deep breathing, you know, cleanse your mind, go on a long walk. Those will really help you take the focus off of what's on your face or your body, wherever your, your specific condition is. And really try to move that focus. It is so hard to do that. I still work on that today. But if you can try to bring your mind away from that, you know, I believe that where we put our attention most, that's where we grow or in that area is where we can grow. So try to focus on that. Another thing is to take the appropriate antibiotics prescribed by your dermatologist while still being an advocate for yourself. For example, for me, I did a round of uh, doxycycline for 20 days. There are people that do three months, maybe even to a year. And again, I'm not a doctor, but what I would just say is work with your doctor and say, you know, can we try what would happen if we just did three months? What would happen if we just did two weeks? See if there would be a negative effect to that. Or And because in my case with my doctor, she said, we're going to do 10 days, see how it is, and maybe do another 10 days. So what I'm saying is not to dictate what your doctor is telling you, but try to be a part of the conversation, right? If they are going to prescribe things orally, ask, what is that? What what is that uh, targeting in this diagnosis versus just doing things because somebody tells you to, right? That's really important. And I also want to say that don't feel guilty about taking an oral antibiotic because I know that there's a lot out there uh, about how antibiotics do kill the healthy bacteria in our guts. There's no doubt about that. But after doing some research and listening to other professionals, they typically say that that really that true damage isn't really going to happen until, you know, after a year of taking an antibiotic. And even still use a great probiotic 
that can uh, really keep you in balance while you're taking that antibiotic and after as well. That's another thing. Take a great probiotic. I've listed them on you know, previous show notes, but I can also include it in this one as well. And I also wanted to say that for the elimination diet that I mentioned above, the next episode is going to be all about elimination diet. So if you feel overwhelmed and you don't know where to start with, you know, what kind of meals can I prepare? Uh, how do I do food journaling with connected to elimination diets? I'm also going to assist you with that as well. So these are the many different ways that you can focus on your healing after you've been diagnosed with any chronic skin condition and specifically perioral dermatitis. I definitely want to say that these things have worked for me. You need to be patient. I believe now I'm a little bit over a year of having it and I can tell you that it's going to get better. I know it's stressful and it's overwhelming, but I'm here to guide you and to help you And I'm looking forward to doing other episodes and creating more content that can really help you on your healing journey. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Make sure to send in any questions to salsasoulfood at gmail.com. You can also leave a voice message through Anchor. And I'll see you next time. The Salsa Soul Food Podcast is hosted by Angela Spignese. Follow her on Instagram at Salsa Soul Food and YouTube at Angela Spignese. It's produced by me, Mark Damon. I edit and mix the podcast and also wrote the theme songs. You can find us on most popular podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. If you like what you hear, please leave a review as it helps people find us. Got a question for Angela? You can write to salsasoulfood at gmail.com and your question could be featured on a future episode. Please be kind to me in my bedroom. Cool.